Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm excited to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes. We'll talk NBA basketball. But first up, PlayUp Sportsbook presents the Phil Nason Show. Head on over to PlayUp.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. The NBA has not been very kind to me this year, or my customers, I guess, if you will. But let's see if we can't turn that around today. Trevor from Big Tasty Sports is in the house. What's up, dude? Hey, man, what's up? I am just excited to talk to you again. It's been a minute since we've gotten to do this, and uh, the NBA has been fun for me the last couple weeks since the down streak. So uh, turning things around and excited to get back on the show and talk with you. You know what? I'm happy to have you here, too. It's been a couple weeks you know, I started a new gig. I'm in the process of moving, moving a family, and it gets tight. But we have been able to drop a couple of podcasts this week. Next week, we'll get back on track, though. Now that I've got a better idea of what time I have, you know, we'll just knock it out. But uh, you sent me a message the other day. I te- You texted me the other day. And I haven't been on Twitter much in the last couple of weeks because, again, I-, I started a new thing, and it's been really busy for me. People complaining about volatility in the NBA in March. That's been happening. Absolutely. Do they, you know, I I would give them a pass if that first day of March was their first day of NBA betting. Right. But not since October. Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. So it's funny being on gambling Twitter. This is maybe a bigger conversation, but. I've found some of the best people, people I really enjoy, people like you that I've gotten to know more. Um, and so I'm really thankful for it in that way. But also you see some – it's just funny when you start seeing trends repeat themselves. And I think the one that I've seen a lot – and actually this is true of me probably too – is when you go on a cold streak, you like to blame it on something you know, uh, and not on yourself or needing to adjust. And it feels like – this volatility is just a word that gets thrown around, especially with the NBA, by which people mean this game didn't go the way I thought it would. And right. so and I lost the problem my ass. must just be that it's volatility, you know? And the reality is, Phil, I mean, you know this, the NBA is volatile. That's absolutely true. But that's been true all season. It's yeah. not like that just showed up yesterday. I know, huh? But people act as if they do. We talk about it every single time we do the NBA on the Phil Nation Show. Every single time. Be wise. Be careful. We always give you options. Like the first one being fade that game. But, you know, I I don't like to blame players, officials, or whatever. If you misread a game, you misread a game. 
You know, the NBA has always been volatile. It's it's a hard sport. I remember listening to a podcast that you hosted where someone said, it's, and I agree completely, I've said it myself, you know, you have to do two things. Not only do you have to win the bet or figure out which team is going to win, but you also have to figure out who's playing in the game. And, and yep. that makes it very difficult. The NBA has not been as cooperative this season in releasing injury information in a timely manner. It used to be the night before you would get an injury report on the second game of a back-to-back at 11 a.m. the next morning. But that hasn't been the case. And I still have right. credentials, so I can go on to the media site and get that information. It used to be an edge. But now it no longer is, you know, and then you've got 10 teams automatically reaching the playoffs. And that makes it difficult because the sense of urgency isn't there like it was a season ago or two seasons ago or prior to the COVID-19 pandemic beginning. So you've got a lot of these issues and these things have been ongoing. I mean, yeah, ongoing, it's been right? around, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I talked in, in one of the first times we ever talked we had this conversation about in the NBA trying to figure out when teams were going to show up, if they were going to sit people, all those kind of things. So that's just been something that's a, a reality kind of all the time. Look, I want to ask you a question too, because you're really good in the NFL and in tennis and you're really good at basketball too, but just saying you have a lot of expertise in some of these other sports that I maybe haven't paid as much attention to. So I just think in the NBA, there's a reality, and I actually have heard this from you. Everybody who's on those teams are professional basketball players. Now, clearly, some of them are much better than others. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, if you take the best team in the league and the worst team in the league, and they play each other 10 times, like the Suns play the Blazers right now 10 times, you know, the Blazers probably win one or two of those. Yes. You're also going to have a couple games where it's really high scoring and a couple others where both teams are off and it's really low scoring. So, I mean, that is volatility. But is that just a reality in all sports betting? Like, do you see that in other sports as well? I I think tennis is the worst one, actually. Um, Oh, okay. I I honestly do. Uh, First of all, the juice is amazing. It's horrific. Uh, But more importantly, COVID-19 especially since COVID-19, the the players respond differently now. I mean, okay, restrictions are lightening up now, but you see more upsets now than you ever have. Maybe that has to do with parity, but more importantly, it has to do with comfort. You know, these kids come a long way. They travel a long way from sometimes. And, and they're not used, they're already unaccustomed to the area. They go there once a year, yeah. maybe. But yeah. the problem is, is everyone has a different protocol. Everyone has a different system. Every every week it's different. Now they don't have lines judge linesmen anymore, lines persons anymore. They are using Hawkeye, so it, it, it's a big thing. And, and the times that they play now are diff- a little different. It's been hard. Football though, football was probably easier only because. It's a team sport, and you need all 11 players to play in concert in order to win. And, you know, there are – and while there's a lot of more parity maybe in football and the NFL than any other sport, a dominant quarterback, a dominant wide receiver, or, or a dominant offensive line, you can usually make a good prediction. Whereas in basketball, 
it's hard to. Again, we know that the players are going to play in the NFL because they start telling us on Tuesday who didn't practice, who didn't do this, who did this, who whatever. The NBA, they don't tell you anything anymore. And I don't know why that is. I think that has to change. It was supposed to change based on the last collective bargaining agreement, but it hasn't. And that's the deal. But tennis has been tough this year. A lot of upsets. You know, the urgency isn't there. There are protected rankings since COVID, Mm -hmm. and now those have been loosened a bit. So it's getting a little easier. But my, oh, my, the NBA is poo. So look, I, I wanna, that's helpful, and that makes sense. I think even you explaining tennis shows that you have a, such a good handle on why there is volatility and what can create it. And I actually think the same thing is true with the NBA. Like, If you really pay attention, you understand the factors that lead to volatility, and that doesn't mean that you can always get ahead of it. But I do think you can at least have a little bit better chance because you can kind of see some things coming. It's like... Golden State, just as an example, Golden State on a back-to-back, Steph Curry's already out. They're banged up. Draymond Green's just come back from an injury. Klay Thompson, you know, injured a long time. They have that back-to-back. You kind of wonder, are these guys going to play in the second game? You know, like that's something you could look at as volatility, but it's something you could kind of see. And then Miami lost to him anyway, which was super frustrating. But um, you just start to learn some of those factors, and I think – it doesn't mean you're always going to be right, but you can at least have in your head, hey, this is something I got to pay attention to. Well, that's just so. it. That's just it. That's what, those are all great points, too. You know what? If you can't handle the volatility, wait for the playoffs. That's what I said, because this is going to be an interesting last couple of weeks to the season. You know, again, we're looking at an expanded playoff. You know, the participation medal crowd won again. And while they thought it would bring more, uh, you know, parity, and give more teams an opportunity. What it's really done is separated the wheat from the chaff. And unfortunately, the chaff have to play for their jobs. And this is a basically a tryout for them these last few weeks. So I sure as hell know I would be playing my backside off if I were on the bench on the, for example, the Pelicans to try to get it, try to get a job for next year, if not with New Orleans somewhere else. And, and that's an important thing to take into consideration also but like the Warriors they don't really care they don't need to win you know what I mean the Suns they don't need to win the Suns have what two games to go before they wrap everything up actually I think tonight they have a chance to wrap it up okay it's one game okay whatever it is I think so so they could actually we're going to get into that game in a minute but they could sit a couple of players you know you just never know and so uh, you just have to take it with a grain of salt Pay attention, handicap the game the way you usually do, and then just wait for it to go live and get the number you want because that's the other thing is that these numbers get bet like crazy. They're beaten to death by 9.30 in the morning. If you want to play early, you get it early. If not, you know, if you get your number at 4 o'clock, well, that's a different issue or whenever, or you wait, I guess. You know, like this Cleveland game, for example. We've got Cleveland-Toronto. It opened at 3.5, and, and now it's 5.5. Cleveland being a 5.5-point underdog. The total is 214.5, I believe. I believe it's still 214.5. Yes, it is in most places. Some places you can get it for 215. What do you like about this one? I think this is an interesting game for sure. So OG Ananubi is a game-time decision. 
And I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, but I think he makes a pretty significant difference for Toronto. He's a pretty stabilizing factor. Yes. Toronto is a team that's really frustrating because they're very up and down. They look like they can beat anyone, and then they look like they can lose to anyone. Uh, Cleveland on the other side, obviously they've had so many injury issues, and they rise or fall with Darius Garland at this point. Um, if he plays a phenomenal game, they're they're going to have a chance. If he doesn't, they're going to probably struggle. So in this one, I actually, at the current line, lean a little bit more toward Cleveland. Uh, most recently, March 6th. Cleveland beat Toronto 104 to 96. I think if Cleveland can come out and play strong defensively, Toronto actually hasn't played well their last couple games. Um, before that, they did okay, but they scored 93 and 99 in their last two games against Philadelphia and Chicago, and Chicago in particularly has been playing terrible. So scoring 99 against Chicago is just uh, re- pretty ridiculously bad. And I know that's a one-game sample, but it just speaks to me that they're not clicking. So if OG, I mean, it feels like a spot where Toronto should be okay playing at home, but with the line out to five and a half, if OG doesn't play, I would lean toward Cleveland in this spot. I would too. Now I have OG is out, but who knows? OG, okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I'm with you on this one. The what the play I like is the under 214 and a half or 215 if you can get it it's out there somewhere probably because there's a whole bunch of books now (laughs) lots of numbers but the lowest number you're going to get is 214 and a half 215 I see 215 and a half I like the under they're not the same without Jared Allen they've lost six of seven on the road and they're 5-4-1 against the spread in their last 10 I'm not really sure. Now, Toronto, the problem with Toronto is that they've lost all three matchups with Cleveland. It's hard to sweep a series. Yeah, that's true. But with OG probably out, I, I think they probably win. But I like the under the best in this one. I don't Because Cleveland's had a hard time scoring all season. Their defense is halfway decent still, even though they've lost Allen. And I just kind of feel like Toronto's going to... Uh, get off the schneid, so to speak, win a game, but not cover, especially at five and a half or more. If you can get more, do it. If Toronto comes out to a big lead, you're going to get eight or nine points. And like you said, Darius Garland's a monster, but he also has a bad back. So you have to watch out for that too, because you you could end up getting left in the trick bag. So we're looking at taking Cleveland and the points and the under. Now, Washington is now a 13-point away underdog to the Milwaukee Bucks. The total is 232.5, some places 233.5. What do you like about this one? So this is a day where I am making a couple bets that for the most part I've stayed away from, but it's adjusting to what's happening like we were just talking about earlier yes there's volatility but you have to adjust to it so i like milwaukee in this one even with the big spread chris middleton i think likely to be out again tonight Mm -hmm. but i think going okay but going against washington in particular i don't know that that hurts them too much because washington's a team you can really get to the basket on and they're a team that's pretty much quick so i think that that up that that up-tempo style that Milwaukee's capable of playing with is going to serve them really well in this game. They've scored 120 points or more in six out of their last 10 games and 115 or more in nine out of their last 10. 
where Washington's la- allowed 115 or more in nine out of their last 10. So Washington's just been playing really bad. In addition, they're significantly worse on the road. Their offensive rating over the last 14 games is 14 points worse at home. Or I mean on the road, I'm sorry. And their defensive rating um, is is slightly better. But Washington's just been a bad offensive team on the road. So I expect Milwaukee to actually be able to limit them offensively in this game. Uh, and I expect them to have another big offensive night. They've overall been playing really well over the last few weeks. You know, there's been a game here or there, like we've talked about, where they haven't. But overall, they've played really well. Uh, and Washington, this is a longer-term thing, but Washington's lost nine out of their last ten head-to-head uh, with Milwaukee. So it's not a team that they beat anyway. So I like Milwaukee here. You know what? I like Milwaukee also. I like the under in this one. Um, Kyle Kuzma is also out. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Porzingis has helped them a little bit, but not against the length of this team because you've got wings and you've got big guys like Giannis who can go out and chase him outside the arc and not worry about it. Now Brooke Lopez is back. That's made a big difference for them uh, defensively yeah. and offensively. You know, Brooke Lopez yep. is a decent ball player. He's a veteran. He knows what to do. That total is very high at 233.5, though. But I'm probably going to leave that be and just roll with you with Milwaukee. I think Giannis goes off. Middleton being out, it is what it is. 7-3 and three in the last 10 against the spread for the Bucks. The Bucks are starting to turn it around at the right time. And Washington? Washington is a dumpster fire. They're a dumpster fire no matter who they bring in there. I feel sorry for anyone who wears a Wizards uniform, except for the fa- except on payday. Then I don't feel sorry for them at all. But outside of that, let's go with the Bucks. Now we got another interest. Now this one I think is going to be very interesting, Trevor. It's the Bulls and the Pelicans. Chicago is currently a point and a half underdog. The number, the spread is two twenty-five and a half. Some places you can get it for two hundred and twenty-six. What do you like about this one? Well, this one's interesting. Um, I guess to get to the point, Chicago has been really bad against good teams. I think New Orleans, we can't call them a good team yet at this point, but they're a decent team. If Brandon Ingram was back, I think they're actually a pretty good team. But the the demise of Chicago's offense has been incredible. They scored 113 versus Toronto at home and 114 versus Detroit recently. But other than that, they haven't been over 106 uh, in their last eight games, and half of those were against really bad defenses. So their offense has just completely gone away. The Pelicans, on the other hand, while they've been up and down, they've scored 120 or more in five out of their last 10, even though for the most part that's without Brandon Ingram, and over 115 and seven out of those 10. So they've consistently been scoring pretty well, and Chicago's defense has been mediocre at best. So I think it's possible Chicago still turns things around. I think they have the talent to do that. But I've got to ride the current trends with how these teams are playing. And so I've got the Pelicans here um, winning by – I mean, I have them winning by 10 in my projection. So I I think this is a good game for the Pelicans. Man, I'm with you all the way on this one too. Even though Brandon Ingram is out, the offense of the Bulls has not been good. You're right. They're 2-8 and eight against the spread in their last 10 and 0-8 oh against the spread in their last eight games on the road. That's rough. You know, this whole DeMar DeRozan thing, 
that that was a thing, but now it's not a thing. He's probably not even going to play tonight. So uh, Zach Levine, Zach Levine's confused because he's got another guy who can score. And when you have that, you got a mess. But Vucevic, Vucevic should feast tonight. That being said, he can't carry that team any more than DeMar DeRozan can. DeMar DeRozan's playing out of his mind, but let's face it, DeMar DeRozan does not have a ring on his finger other than probably a wedding ring because he couldn't be that guy in Toronto. He wasn't that guy in San Antonio, and I don't think he's going to be that guy in Chicago much longer. I like the Pelicans. You know what? I like the Pelicans giving up the points. I also like them on the money line at 118. That's not bad. I think we can take them both. I'm afraid of that total, though, because C.J. McCollum could score 50 on this team tonight. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it, it is harder to cap, I think, the total, also because Chicago's offense has been so bad. So um, it, bad. It's hard to know, hard to know what they're going to do. So I agree. The total's not something I love. Actually, if I was going to play any kind of total, I would play the Pelicans team total over probably. Uh, but but I'm likely to stay away from the totals in general. I'm with you on the on the Pelicans money line or spread depending on. Yeah, what you're we're going to track them both at bet stamp. You know, we just track our picks. We live with them. We die with them. Absolutely, it just doesn't matter. We're trying to help you. We're not charging you for this podcast. Um, Play Up Sportsbook presents this podcast, and we're pretty thrilled about that. Now we've got the Pacers and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. I was just talking to my friend Kevin Light the other day, and we did the Grizzlies show for years. He was uh, the beat writer for Memphis Flyer, and we kind of lamented the fact that we are no longer covering them together because this is a fun team. But Indiana is, a, depending on where you search, 14 and a half point away underdogs. Um, Memphis, you can get them at home, minus 12.5 in a lot of places. The total is 236.5 some places, uh, 238 for the under in a, quite a few places. What do you like about this one? Well, what did you say the line is at now for Memphis on the spread? Line is 12.5. 12.5, okay. So, yeah, I, I think this is still in play. I'm going to beat a dead horse here, something that I've probably said with you before, but it's just amazing to me how true it is. Memphis, statistically, is a better team without John Morant. Their offensive rating barely suffers, and I did this yesterday on on my podcast, talked about it more, but their defensive rating is almost 15 points better this season when he doesn't play. So I really trust Memphis defensively especially against a team like Indiana that sometimes Indiana puts up a lot of points, but it's generally against really bad defenses right? because they're, they're not a good offensive team, but they play so loose and give up so many points that in a game against a bad defense, they can end up scoring quite a bit as well. So not to drop all the stats on here, I'll, I'll save that, but I would just say, I think this is a place where Memphis can really stifle Indiana defensively. And I think uh, Memphis's scoring will be just fine against a bad Indiana defense. And Memphis still has a little, a little bit of something to play for as well. Um, they're two games up on the Warriors for the number two seed. They should be fairly locked into that with how bad the Warriors have been lately. But I would think that's something they want to make sure and solidify. I agree with you. You know what? Memphis is a really good team with or without John Morant. But they're 4-1 in their last five. They're 5-5 five five against the spread in their last 10. But they're 7-1 against the spread in their last eight home games. Indiana's a mess. 3-8, and 
over their last 11 against the spread on the road. Four and six against the spread over their last 10. They're both on the second game of back-to-backs. Maybe Morant shows up and blows up. That could be. Maybe Memphis sits another player or two. That could also be true. You know, they they weren't sure where they were going to be this year. And look where they are. Now, 12 and a half points doesn't seem like a lot, does it? And it's not. Cover, baby. Cover. Let's go, Memphis. We're going to see Memphis cover. I hope I'm out of working time so I can tune into that one. <laughs> I got NCAA tonight. I got all kinds of things. But we a got, lot of stuff. Oh, my Lord. And, and, and I got tennis all day. <laughs> yep. There's there's a mixer at work where you know for new members and I have to be there from seven to eight nine whatever it is. Okay. But we have TVs everywhere, man. So I'm going to be standing near a TV with one eye on the screen and the other eye on whoever I'm talking to. Hopefully they're in front of me. So and the TV's behind them. That's my plan. That was all tongue in cheek, by the way, folks. Phoenix, Denver. Phoenix is a four <laughs> and a half point. Away dog. Denver's a four-pointer, four-point favorite at home. The total is 231 in some places, or sorry, 231 and a half in some spots and 232 and a half in others. What do you like about this one? Well, Phil, I need you to help me on this one. Uh, uh, you don't I have, have to. I've actually spent a lot of time this morning diving into stuff trying to figure this line out. And it's a line that when I saw it, I thought I saw it wrong at first. It makes no sense to me. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually like Denver. I think Denver's a solid team. I think they're going to give anybody in the playoffs a good series, all that kind of stuff. But Phoenix has been on fire, even without Chris Paul. Phoenix is going for the regular season franchise record in wins. They can lock up the number one seed with a win tonight. They are on a back-to-back, but they have two days off after this game, which makes me feel like it would be less likely that they're going to rest. I mean, that I went to look at the injury report because I thought the only way this line is where it is is that Booker is sitting or Aiton's sitting or something like that. But at least so far, and like we talked about earlier, it could still happen. Maybe, you know, Vegas has information that we don't. I'm sure they do, that I don't. But I... If everybody plays, I don't understand this line at all. Phoenix should be favored against any team in the league right now, um, at least by a point or two. And certainly that's the case against Denver. I would have expected this line to be Phoenix minus four and a half, minus five and a half, something like that. So if everybody's playing for Phoenix, I I need you to help me because this line just doesn't make any sense to me. I'll help you real easy. I'm fading this one. Okay. All right. I, I tell you what, but, if I were going to bet this, and I'm not, I, I don't bet Denver games. I don't know. Jokic, I love watching him play, but sometimes he makes me crazy because he doesn't try very hard or pouts in the fourth quarter and disappears. He's probably going to be the MVP too. Ain't that something? But uh, honestly, no way. That line doesn't make sense. They're expecting Booker to sit. That's what they're expecting. Yeah, they're expecting Monty like. to sit. And even if they do, you know what? Phoenix probably still win this game. But – uh. I have no interest at all in this one, bro. I, I can't even look at that Denver team anymore. And, and they've been playing pretty well and all that. But you know something? Phoenix is just on a different level than everybody else that I've seen in the NBA. And I think they're sitting somebody. So what I would do is at 9 o'clock, at tip-off time, look and see if Booker's in the game. If Booker's in the game, pound the money line. If Booker's not in the game, leave it be. How does that sound? 
I like it, man. I like it. Because just every number that I look at, and I'll talk about this more when I when I do the breakdown today, but every number I look at is is positive in the direction of Phoenix. So I like what you're saying. Wait and, t- wait and see if everybody's playing. Absolutely, and then man. Take wait. Phoenix if they are. Absolutely. Great stuff today, man. Thanks for helping me out on such short notice. I do appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate you too, Phil. It was fun to reconnect. Oh, of course. We'll we'll be more regular as of next week, I promise. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook for presenting the show. PlayUp.com for all your sports betting needs. Sign up for an account and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. Betstamp.app tracks all picks made on the Phil Nason Show. Sign up for an account and track away. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. Thanks for listening to the Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.